0: Hey, what's up everybody, this is Vid and welcome to the very first episode of the Success Inspired Podcast. This is a business and personal development oriented podcast that can help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. My guest today is an experienced businessman from Canberra, owner and operator of all-day dining cafe, charcoal chicken restaurant and a hospitality shop. His attention to detail, great leadership skills and logical approach to running a hospitality business is what makes him a true success inspiration worth sharing in today's very first episode. In this episode we talk about what it takes to get into hospitality business, go deep into details that any successful hospitality owner must consider from designing a meal menu, staffing and business strategy. Fish, also shares inside tips on how he is pivoting his business to survive the current COVID-19 crisis and overcoming fear. Please welcome to the show, Fish Zafar. Thanks for for meeting me today, uh, Fish. Thanks for having me. So tell me, um, What's your story? How did you get to a point where, where you are now? Like, you know, being a you know busy business owner, owning two you know, businesses. And- oh, I can't say busy right now, but oh. <laughs> I'd say a business owner. <laughs> Up um, until now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more
1: just a evolution. Um, I started off, I guess my story begins with um, I'm from Sydney originally. Um, went to high school, did everything. Went to uni just like a good, a good kid should. Um, and I was studying business. Then I started moving into um, immigration law, <laughs> um, and I found that you know, uni just wasn't just wasn't my thing. Um, not that it was overly difficult. It just I, I didn't have a passion for it. I didn't have something that I could relate to it. I, I felt like I was doing it just for the sake of doing it because I was told to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my path. Changed heavily when I had a conversation with my dad one day, and he was always a, a business person. He always done business all his life, and he asked me, because what do you want to do with your career?" Um, obviously, our parents, are, like a lot of migrant parents, their dream is always for your kids to be a doctor, a lawyer, something professional that I can um, brag to their friends about. Um, but he said, he asked me, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I just, to be honest, I want to be, in, do something that I don't have to answer to." Everyone, because I feel like I've got a lot of good ideas. I've got a lot of different ways of thinking compared to a lot of people.
0: Mm.
1: And I feel like it's something that I might as well utilize my own skills and apply to myself. Uh, and so ultimately, I want to make money. As I was a young kid, I was 18, 19. I, go, I want to make money. Simple as that. Um, so my dad's answer was very, very different to what I expected. Instead of saying, no, you have to finish uni, you have to have a degree behind you, he just said that well don't go to uni if you want to make money get out of uni because unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist or something that you need a uni- university degree for because if you want to be in business uni is not the place for it get out of uni start working mm. pretty much next day I, that's what i did i just i went out of uni uh and i started just working uh what was, I think, the,
0: what was the first thing that you started with <laughs> believe it
1: or not the first thing i did was working in nightclubs <laughs> <laughs>
0: What sort of work? is it bar- so I was doing
1: kind of like uh, the organizing the events. I was doing the more the office things, not like DJing or anything. Organizing oh, yeah. the, the acts, the DJs, the MCs, um, running the schedule for them, dealing with the venues about um, bars and uh, the decorations and everything that we needed in terms of uh, AV systems and so forth. So just running behind the scenes, the events so it can take place on the weekends. So, I was doing that and uh, I found it quite obviously as a young kid, there's uh, a lot of glitz and lends a lot of people around. It's busy. Um, it was just an exciting, exciting job.
0: Um, 100 Yeah. That. You make some good contacts right yeah, yeah, right, right off the bat.
1: Uh, you meet a lot of different types of people. You meet a lot of different <laughs> personalities and you get to see people in the best and the worst. Uh, normally, <laughs> the best in the beginning of the night, at the end of the night, you get to see the worst. Yeah. Uh, so you you get to see a lot of things. Um, I probably did that for a year, so it wasn't overly long. And I started realizing that, yeah, this isn't quite for me. Like once you've done it and seen it, it's kind of the same thing week in, week out. And if you go away from it for five years and you come back to it, you find the same people doing the same thing, and there's no involvement. Uh,
0: Not much changes. Maybe maybe <laughs> the equipment slightly improves, yeah. but there's different
1: music because um, music it's whatever's trendy. Different um, alcohol. Yeah, different things. But apart from that, it's the same. It just it Just felt like the same thing over and over. And I was like, how can you, I can't be too absorbed doing this because it's fun. But that's all it is. It's it's just a bit of fun. Uh, it's not something that I can think of doing long term. So from there, I had a lot of little businesses I tried out and tried and failed, tried and failed. Um, and I think a lot of it was due to my immaturity. Um, I was very young. I was very I thought I knew it all. I thought I had all the answers. I thought life would be kind of looked after. I was the world owed me something in a way. Uh, and I think I, I got a sharp reality hit and realized the world doesn't owe me anything. I'm not more important than the person next to me. Uh, I'm not faster. I'm not more skilled. So I started looking within and started thinking, what is it that I'm actually good at, first of all? Mm. Um, and I think from that question, I think my kind of my now current career evolved from um so i think this is around about 25 26 i started realizing that the best way i can make an impact and the best tool that i have in my hands is not being smarter than the person next to me or being naturally talented it was just i had the ability to work harder than the next person um, mm. as i guess um, the rock is very famous for this saying, be the hardest worker in the room. Um, and that's what worked for me. Uh, I, I could work a hundred hours and not be tired and I could do that week in, week out for months on end. And I knew a lot of people around me. They couldn't after 60, 70 hours, they'd burn out. They need to have a weekend away. They need to go away. They need time off work. Whereas <laughs> I was, I could just keep on going. Um, and I started doing that, kept on going, kept on going, trying to do as much as I could. And everything I did was related around applying myself to the best of my ability. And then, yeah, surely enough, I realised that there are professions that reward you for that, hospitality being one of them, because there's a lot of hours in hospitality. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I guess from there, I opened up my, my hospitality shop. That was my, I guess, my baby. Um, was that Gus's, that the shop that you got
0: now or was it something now,
1: different? No, Gus's was, Gus's is actually uh, the last venture uh, I've been in. Um, the first venture of mine was actually uh, the hospitality shop, which is my retail commercial shop. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've had that for just under 10 years now. Uh, and I grew that from pretty much a a room that's five meters by five meters, a little office space I rented in the middle of the city. Yeah. Uh, I used to pay $100 a week for, and I used to go... Door knocking to every single cafe and restaurant I could possibly see around my area. They kept on going and kept on trying to sell them things, kind of old school cold
0: call, cold calling style. And it's that, slowly, slowly. What 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 led you to start in this particular business? Was it like have you done some market research at the start, or was it sort of just like you know a bit I'm working in hospitality uh, and-
1: because I was in hospitality for a long time, uh, working with bars and nightclubs and so forth. The reason I actually moved to Canberra was there was a, a restaurant bar that opened up here uh, by some, uh, some of my friends of mine. and They used to come up to Sydney and they used to kind of follow me around and I used to show them around the bar and the nightlife scene in Sydney and show them how it's done here. So they kind of took a bit of that modelling and ideas and took it back to Canberra and then they opened up their own venue. Mm. So what did open up, they asked me to come down and say, listen, can you help us set it up and run it? So I actually moved down for that purpose. Um, And while I was doing that, I started to realize there was a market for people needing all sorts of hospitality uh, gear and stuff. Um, It wasn't something that I did before. It's not something that I've got experience in selling. But I've seen suppliers. I've worked with suppliers all my life with different industries. So I used to know who they used to buy off. And then just one thing led to another where I thought, you know, I've got the right contacts already. Uh, Unknowingly, I had the contacts um and so I just applied it. I started making some inquiries. I started going to some of the places I was working at in, in Canberra and new and I just asked them, would you be interested in buying? And the response was very positive. And they said, Yeah, yeah, we'll be happy to because no one does it really well here. Um so mm. then I just had a different way of approaching and then I just kind of grew it from there. So it's something that it wasn't like this spark of an idea or something I had a lot of experience with. It's just something that I kind of observed and thought, you know, there's a bit of a a niche or a hole in the market, I feel like I can tap into. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I just kind of tapped into it in a very small way and then slowly, slowly kind of do. I
0: think you tell that this is a perfect example of when we say, you know, like having a really niche business, trying not to be, you know, for everybody, but going deeper into that, you know, find that really specific, you know, hole in the market. And that's what you did. You've, you've observed the market in Canberra and and nothing was here. And that's a good example, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, like when... I guess when you do go into business, like the average person thinks, I want to. I've got a bit of money, or I'm sick of doing my job. I want to do or open up a new business. What do I do? Mm. That question's the hardest thing to answer. So, what do you do? Because there is everything available. Uh, Whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's a a retail shop, a clothing shop, a barber, a chemist, um, a mechanic. Doesn't matter what it is. It's they're all there. Uh, But within those markets within those segments there's always gaps that aren't being completely fulfilled i guess Um, and that's where if you're kind of open enough and understand the field that you're going to endeavor into uh, i feel like there's a lot of niches that you can enter and i think that those niches can potentially be good growth areas um, that we then you can start to expand into different areas within that industry as well
0: Mm, absolutely now there's a good saying, you know, you got to, you got to love what you do. It sounds like, you know, with all the different things that you've done, there seems that there would have been one similar commonality. And that is you probably like the hustle. Would you say that's true? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, look, I know a lot of people say that
1: you need to have a, do something that you're passionate for. Um, and look, it's easier said than done because passion a lot of times leads to you being broke. (laughs) Um, and it's very hard to survive just on passion. Um, there's very very few people out there who are fortunate enough to have, to have followed their passion and been rewarded for it. Um, but it doesn't mean that you stop trying. Um, you're right. My passion I've realized, and I guess it's about self-reflection. I think it's very important to know mm. who you are, what your strength is, what your weaknesses are. And you do have weaknesses as much as people think they don't. Um, once you know who you are and what you're good at, you can start to apply yourself as, okay, if I'm good at this, what jobs may lead me to utilise my skill set uh, better than others? Because generally, if you think about high school, think about university, anything in your life, anything that naturally comes easy to you, you tend to be better at it. You tend to enjoy it more because it comes to you much easier. You don't have to work twice as hard as the person next to you because it just, it's something that you're just born with. So mm. I think if you can you don't want to confuse it. like some people are, I'm very passionate at um, you mean being communicative with people. I like dealing with people. I'm a very people person, but deep down, they don't like people. Uh, it may come like a salesperson. they may be very naturally good at talking to people, but you don't really care for them deep down inside. so you're never going to excel in something that really deep down inside you haven't got a heart for. yeah. Um, So I think it's, yeah, it's important to follow something that you do have passion for, but how can you make that passion into something that you can earn a living off and be happy doing as well? Um, I guess
0: there's There's a lot of people that have passion, but not everybody starts the business. That's very different, like very, you know, something that I've observed. There's so many people that sort of just, they've got some excitement for something, but they, they never really... Start. They never really, you know, decide to do it on their own. They they rather sort of still just get employed for the safety. Why do you think that is? that there's only a few handful of people that actually end up, you know, going into business. It, easy answer: fear. Um, and I guess
1: people don't like change. Uh, human nature is, as much as a lot of times we say, oh, we like things different. We like to do this. We like to evolve. Deep down in our core. Humans don't like change. Mm. We like what we know. We like to stay very comfortable and know we know what we know, and we like to stick to that. Anything that comes with change, we we resist initially. We fear it initially, Um, and I think that is what leads people to having a passion or a dream and not fulfilling it or chasing it. Is because fear will lead them to, you know, if you do this or if you do that, what happens? if you fail, what happens if all your savings, you've got to go down the drain? What happens if you're going to give up your job and you can't get your, your job back? How are you going to live?
0: The fear of unknown.
1: Yeah. And again, it's, it comes back to change. I think to me, it's like people just, I'm doing this. I'm comfortable doing this. Uh, I can change it and follow my dreams. I can do this. However, how about if it doesn't work? Um, you know, maybe I should just stick to this. Uh, I'll, I'll let someone try it first and then I'll see if I can do it. Um, And look, it's not easy to go out on your own and try something and do it. Um, Mm. Especially if you don't know how to, Uh, if you haven't got the resources or the tools or the network of people around you to show you, guide you or learn from, I think it is, it's not a hard way. It's not easy undertaking, but it'll eat you up inside. If you're really passionate about something, eventually, that inner, that inner calling is going to come out. Eventually, you're going to try to explore it one way or another. It may be something you do on the side of your work. It may be something you do as a part-time gig or just invest a certain amount of resources towards. But if you're really passionate about it, I think it's something that you will somehow make happen. No. Um, but yeah, fear is one of those things that will definitely stop you. Um, it's that comfortability that gives us the security of, you know, I'll just stay doing this. Um, but that ultimately is going to fuel, I guess, a lot of regret to a lot of people. Let's
0: talk about some examples. You, you say, uh, you know, people don't like change. Um, I myself, you know, I'm from, I'm a cook by trade. So I sort of from hospitality background. Do you have any good examples from like when you were, you know, um, opening up or, you know, running your coffee shops when you've changed maybe something too much and that oh, yeah. sort of backfired? Okay. look in business there's uh there's always failures failure
1: failure comes with the definition of running your own business being your own business person um failure is not necessarily a bad thing um i know that i'm not going to succeed in everything but it doesn't stop me trying um to me trying something the worst (laughs) i'm going to do is waste my time and waste some money
0: Mm.
1: there are two worst case scenarios and they're two worst case scenarios that i can live with uh because time is something that, yeah, I may lose on myself, but if I utilize my time as much as possible, okay, it's, it's worth that shot to know or not know, uh, rather than wonder.
0: Be- because if it, even if it fails, you, you still get something out of it, yeah. you learn, and that's- I think out. as
1: a business person, like every day I adapt, every day I learn um, what mistakes I made yesterday, my whole goal is not to make them today. Uh, if I don't learn from yesterday's mistakes, then I'm just a bit foolish. Uh, or I'm not opening my eyes enough. You have to learn. You always make mistakes. You never, in any industry, you're not going to get it right within five years or 10 years. You're going to be learning a lifetime because not only you as a person changes, society changes, uh, the industry changes, technology changes, uh, what people socially like changes. So as those things change, your business, and you as a business person, you have to adapt and change with it. So... Yeah, failing is not a big deal um, because at least you tried. At least you tried something. Didn't work out, but you can still take something from it. Uh, yeah. I think as long as you take something from it, it's not really a failure in my eyes.
0: Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a straight road, isn't it? Um, everybody will fail. So, if you, if if anybody else right now listening to this podcast, if you're planning to, you know, start your own business, be ready that it's gonna fail. And you're gonna to have to pick yourself up and then you know come back at it. One thing that you said you like is that um you know it's not gonna happen right away. It might take five years before you 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 finally get it. But what do you think about um, fast tracking options? For example, like you know getting getting connecting with somebody else that's already already done it, already you know been through the trenches and can coach you. Would you recommend something like that? Or would you recommend, you know, like, like yourself, like you said, and when you started yourself, when you were younger, you were just doing everything and and you failed and learned really badly. (laughs)
1: Look, I think uh, in hindsight, um, I think I was a bit too stubborn. I think I was a bit too, you know what? I can do it (coughs) myself. I can figure it out. I'm smart enough. I guess that's my immaturity kicking in. Um, But in hindsight, if I know what I know now, um, I probably would have got or talked to at least other people who are already doing what I'm doing and doing it well, just to understand more about the hurdles that they have to face on a day to day basis. Some of the, some of the concerns that they have that they may not have prepared for initially or never accounted um, to happen in their business. Cause there's plenty of that that happens. Um, going on your own, all guns blazing, you've got the world at feet type of approach, it can work for people. And you learn very quickly that that kind of business model, you learn to do everything very quickly. You have to be an accountant. You have to be your bookkeeper. You need to be your marketing person, your social media person. You have to be the people person, the salesperson. Um, there's a lot of aspects you have to cover in a very short amount of time. Uh, and therefore, if you have your hands in 10 different segments within your business, it's very hard to do any of them at 100%. You're always going to yeah. give everything like 30%, 40% and somehow get through. And it teaches you, I think that teaches you the basis and the foundation of, of every key component of your business and running your business, but you can never excel in them. And I think in order for your business to excel in, in all aspects, each individual field needs to be, done correctly uh it needs to be thought about carefully and not just done for the sake of doing it Uh, whether you hire the right people around you to excel in those measures like say social media if you're not a photographer Mm. you can't take good pictures then your social media campaigns aren't going to be as effective as getting someone who is a marketing or a photographer to work with your social media and promoting it Uh, you probably find better results and yeah i get that it does cost money to do it but you have to know where to spend your money and where to save your money. Um, but having a mentor, they can teach you some of these things. They can show you, listen, I was, did have your approach. I came and tried to do everything myself and I realized that I couldn't. I burnt myself out too quickly and I realized I just wasn't successful. And mm. I only started becoming successful when I started employing these people around me and trying to kind of delegate these tasks rather than doing it all myself. Now, I think insight like that could be very helpful for someone trying to start off uh, because there's a lot of aspects of business you need to navigate around. And a lot of people starting off a business, doesn't matter how many business plans you get, got or how many models or predictions you have, there's a lot of things that you can't predict that's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of things that you don't understand about consumer behavior, about the way they spend that you won't realize until you open your business and you're deep into your
0: business. And the then, you've already invested lots of money. and Yeah, and I guess that's
1: why, Like, if you look at the hospitality industry, the statistics is I think 70 to 80% uh, percent of businesses fail within the first year. That's a yeah. very high number. But if you look at how a lot of these business owners are approaching the setup of the business and opening, you start to understand why the number is so high. Um, and I, I guess I'm lucky because although I have my own hospitality businesses, because of my commercial retail business, I help a lot of people with startup and setups of new restaurants, bars, cafes. So Mm. I get to see the internal workings before they're open. They disclose a lot of the the financial numbers and what their their budgets and so forth are and how they're going to go about costing the menu, designing the menu, so forth. Um, And I see a lot of mistakes. I see a lot of issues that, Me, I'm not the business, I'm not the financial advisor or the business partner. So it's not my place to say, but I try to give them a bit of guidance. Um, But I'd say about 60 to 70% of customers that I deal with have the same issue. They don't plan, they price a menu based off what their competitors are pricing. Mm. They don't realize they may not be buying the produce at the same price that the competitor is buying it at. They may not pay the staff the same rate that what their competitors are paying. So how do you accurately price something the same as someone else, not knowing what the variables are?
0: Good, good example is with uh, setting up the menus, right? How many items on the menu you have. Isn't that like a typical thing for a restaurant? They open up and they put so many things on the menu right off the bat rather than starting with less and good quality ones. And yeah, start.
1: that's right. I mean, look, a lot of businesses want to do everything to everyone. Um, and I guess that's from the get-go, that's – the fact that they don't plan, they don't know who the demographic is, who is the target market. And therefore, if they understand who what the target market is, they could design a menu based off that. But if, for example, if you have a target market that is going to be mostly um, affluent, older gentlemen and uh, and women that are probably from like late 30s on to about 60s, 70s, that got a lot of disposable income, those type of people, when they go eat, they're not looking to... Order a lot of food. They're looking for quality over quantity. They're
0: looking for the experience. Yeah, they're looking where. for
1: experience. They're looking for service. They're looking for they under they may understand uh, more niche ingredients compared to your basic um, potatoes or whatever it may be. So if you understand that's your market and understand how they're spending and how their consumer behaviour is, well, you can better design a menu that's going to suit them. Uh, they're probably not going to want mashed potatoes and sausages. Um, they're probably gonna expect something a bit more thought out, a bit more intricate, uh, a, a bit more adventurous, I guess.
0: More sophisticated.
1: Um, yeah, that's right. But if you have a big menu that covers everything. Um,
0: you're really it, spreading yourself too thin, eh?
1: Yeah, you're just kind of spreading yourself and almost clutching your straws. You're just trying to get anyone and anyone that'll come to you. But having such a big menu means you have to get in so much produce. Um, you can't control the a the consistency of the food b the quality of the food because you don't know when your product is coming in like a good venue will get produce coming in daily and mm. a good chef can design in a way that the food is utilized in multiple dishes and it just it's being used within one to two days um, and therefore you're ensuring that you, the freshness is there the quality is there and everything is done consistently if you can achieve those um, you're doing half the battle right there, but you're right. A lot of people come in. We want to do everything and every, make everyone happy. They'll do steaks in a menu next to pasta, next to a buttered chicken, next to a stir fry. It's like, if you think about it, you can't be everything to everyone. You have to pick who you go after. You have to know who you're going after. And then you need to build your business around that. It's not just the menu, but it's also the fit out, the sensors, the service, the staffing, uh, the marketing. It all needs to make sense.
0: Unless you want to like approach it as a very expensive market research strategy.
1: It's <laughs> see, almost like, see,
0: see, what, see where the interest but is.
1: But it's just, uh, it's almost upsetting to see how many people I see. Like they've got money saved up. They've borrowed money from the banks. Even sometimes it's like a husband and wife. They've got kids and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to, we've got this dream of opening this venue up, which is, it's admirable. It's very nice, but you can almost predict that it's not going to work. And they don't understand why it's not going to work. And if they don't understand why it's not going to work, then, then they're not going to understand for a very long time. And it's something that it's going to be very painful for them. Um, And yeah, it's just something that it saddens me sometimes because I see it happen so much. and it's they're, they're trying the best. They've got the best intentions, but in business, intentions alone aren't good enough. There's a lot more to it than intentions or having a big heart.
0: The most surprising thing that sort of you know, saddens me when I see like people that have never been in the business and they had you know like all they, they worked their whole life you know in a, in a proper career, they save up all the money and and they ultimately you know decide to to start their business now with all the all the savings without any any prior business experience and, and not even just some kind of business they even start with like you know like retail like paying rent and all that. that's that's very risky stuff if you haven't got any experience with hospitality is there um is there a type of business that you would recommend that's like more like safer like say for example food vans because you got like less overheads um look i guess like if you just want to test the waters, like see, see if this is for you, if you can you know, learn from it, but not have to have, you know, pay you, a rent.
1: I think if you want to test the waters and see for something that you enjoy, I think half your question is there. Because if you've got a passion for something, if you really want to do something because you believe in it, you're going to commit to it. If you're half in, half out, I think it's best to work somewhere, work under someone, someone in a business that is similar to what you want to achieve one day and understand the ins and outs of it. Observe, watch, see how they operate see where their struggles are, where their weaknesses, where their strengths are in the business, and then go back to drawing board, make up your business plan, do your forecast, and then figure out if it's something that you think you can achieve. Mm. Uh, because even if you start a food truck, uh, <laughs> yes, the, uh, the ex- initial expense or setup expense compared to uh, a brick and mortar store is going to be a lot cheaper but it's still a big outlay. It's still going to cost you minimum fifty to $100,000. Um, and if you get in with the right, the right building, the right landlord, and you are able to negotiate favourable terms, you can possibly get um, incentives from the building owner. Uh, those incentives can be cash, it can be rent-free, it can be a lot of different things. And you may be able to open up something in a smaller size shop for about $150,000 from your own pocket, but you'll have a shop um, compared to $100,000 for a food truck. Um, a food truck, it can be very lucrative, but you're also at the mercy of a lot of government legislation in terms of where you can position the food truck. Mm. Stuff. You can look at example, for example, um, Braddon, where they had um, the food trucks and everything like street area there. Uh, I forgot what the name was called. <coughs> the one by the park? Uh, no, it was where, where it's a construction site now, opposite like assembly and so forth. Um, the Hamlet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when they had the Hamlet, worked gangbusters for people. Um, it was just a good vibe, a lot of good vendors, uh, a lot of people able to open up a small type of business that they otherwise couldn't have. Really good idea, but they're at the mercy of the landlords and that, that piece of land. And then the landlords decided they want to build an apartment complex, so they pretty much booted everyone out. So once they booted them out, those businesses, if they didn't have anywhere else to go to or a shop to transfer to, they pretty much were out of business overnight.
0: Unless you start moving on towards like you know, mar- uh, festivals and markets, yeah. but th- those are only like once a week anyway. Again, you kind of consider them,
1: are they more of just a part-time thing you do on the side? It's not really your full-time job. It's not your kind of like seven days a week type of thing. Um, In some cities, there are uh, permanent set-up positions, like Sydney and Melbourne have some. Canberra doesn't maybe have it to that scale yet. Um, Look, it's not for me to say that it can't work. Um, It can be a good way to test the waters, but understand just because it's a smaller type of business and smaller investment, it doesn't mean the risks aren't similar. The risks still can be very similar because at the end of it, you still have to figure out what to do with this caravan. Do you have a house to park it in? Do you have an apartment compass? Where do you leave this thing? Uh, do you have to put in storage and have ongoing expenses? Um, there is a lot of factors you need to think about uh, as well. And I guess it all depends on yeah, your position, your financial position, where you're positioned. Um, a lot 100%. of
0: this is more of a general question anyway i'm not really interested in that um but i think i think on that note, I think it could be a good <coughs> good way if you um you know if you if you want to learn the trade like learn the you know operational side of things of you know managing food supplies you know uh, perishables and you know dealing with food and you know, the whole kitchen environment um that that's that's a you know good starting point perhaps from from that view
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: can be. Now we're all we're all humans, right? Nobody's perfect. Um, w- what are you not good at, Fish?
1: What am I not good at? There's a lot of things I'm not good at.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: look, it's a good question. I think it's. Um, I ask myself a lot because I need to know what my weaknesses are uh, because they're the things that I try to better myself with. Um, there's no point me focus on everything I'm good at um, mm. because just yeah, short sighted, I guess. But uh, what I'm not good at, I guess. To me, the biggest thing I've been working on as of late is probably more my creativity, uh, my creative side. I'm very, my style, my personality is very, um, very disciplined, methodical, um, structured. Right. Uh, I'm very logical, uh, and I'm very realistic. So they uh, they tend to be very similar personalities, very one sided, uh, whereas that. Creativity, I feel like, comes from another side. Um, I appreciate creativity. I understand that I I, I see something creative and I can see it and um, be excited and happy, but, but the ability to come up with it is something that I lack. Mm. Um, it's something that I'm working on. I'm trying to – and I think creativity comes from a side of – a lot of it comes down to a deep-down passion for something and also – Something that you—you're a very visual person. You see, you you observe how the world is and what people may like. Um, so that's something that uh, yeah I am working on. Uh, I try to better myself with it. Um, I've been going into a lot more into creative roles within the business and try to expand on that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's not something that's coming to me as easy as some other things, um, and it's hard to balance both sides because the business side of me and what the business needs. I need to be this type of person, but then that creativity side also resonates a lot with customers and people and staff as well. So I think it's very important. Um, and also,
0: I guess when it comes to overcoming um, the new problems in business, we got to, we got to start and get creative, right? It's a good segue segue to to where we are now, right? How are I you dealing with the whole bloody COVID nineteen situation yeah, right well,
1: now? Well, that's you're exactly right. The, everything that's happened last two weeks that it feels like it's been two months. Um, But these last two weeks, it's been a sudden change. Um, Mm. And sudden change means sudden adaptations. Uh, And to adapt, you need to be very creative. You need to come up with ideas and concepts that you normally wouldn't go with uh, and think outside the box uh, sort of mentality. So it's, yeah, it's definitely been a, a challenge. But at the same time, it's actually helped us grow as a business uh, and help me grow as a business person. (laughs) What I'm realising, what I'm seeing from other people's behaviour and what people in the community are kind of after and looking for uh, has shifted, has shifted my mindset on what our business can be and where it possibly can go to. And if it wasn't for this situation, I probably wasn't looking for this. I was probably something that I perhaps may have known, but never actually explored. Um, so I think situation like this, as bad as it is, as terrible the time this is, um, it's opportunity as well. Um, I see it as another challenge. I see it as, you know what? Adapting is something that's common in nature. Everyone adapts, whether it's yeah. daily. It's weekends, just it's daily.
0: survival. It's in our nature, we got to yes. survive. So
1: that's Darwin's survival of the fittest. It doesn't mean you have to be the strongest. But you need to apply yourself. You need to really, again, you have to look within, but you have to also look within the community and see how are people changing? Are they changing the spending habits? Are they changing their behaviour? Are they changing the the patterns of movement? Whatever it may be. And then you adapt yourself and your business towards that. Um, Because there's a lot of businesses still during this process are still doing fairly well. Uh, those ones that are doing fairly well are the ones that have adapted to these changes and face them head on rather than trying to shy away from it and look for reasons of why they're doing so bad like it's a given everyone's doing it tough everyone's down 50 60 80 90 percent or closed altogether together uh mm-hmm. in hospitality and retail i'm talking so that's that's the given um there's no point focusing on those aspects because it's reality but the ones that are still surviving and and flourishing and doing okay. And the ones that will make it to the other end of this, whether it's six months or 10 months down the track, other ones that have adapted this change. They've, they've acknowledged and faced the change, change their system, change their approach in the business, uh, implemented the changes and move forward. Yeah. Um, and I think it's about also the speed in which you can adapt. Um,
0: I think it's crucial to be fast right now, acting fast. You, got, you, can't, you can't allow fear to overcome you and, and, you know, hide in the corner and start shaking because, yeah, I mean, yeah, at at some point, if, yeah, you can, I mean, I can imagine there's many people probably struggling with that and they are they are in that fear mode. And and I mean, and when we are, when we are in that fear mode, it's very hard to think and be creative. Right. So. Yes, that's that's right. Like
1: for us, like when this all started happening, um, I was monitoring this from overseas and what was happening kind of overseas as well. So I knew what was going to come. Um, I just didn't realize how suddenly it would happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, because that, that's what has kicked
0: most people to the curve Have I told you what, what happened when I got back? Like, because oh. I went to Europe and yeah, I got back understand. on, right? On the Friday, Friday 13th of March, I got back from Europe and I was there and I, and I watched it. And I saw, it, you know, back in, you know, Czech Republic. The first week it was in the news and just started ramping up about Italy. And the second week when UK... Like, my cases started growing to Republic. it was boom 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 government this this policy that and just restriction after restriction from day by day and we barely made it you know to to fly back to to australia and then when i returned here i'm like this feels like what i saw there two weeks ago and i just said to you know um to the guy at our gym say, "Mate, you watch this is going to be fast we need to we need to start preparing for some online stuff this um, fast.
1: This is like Usain Bolt fast. Yeah. Um, it Ridiculous. Came, it came out of nowhere and it came so suddenly and so hard that I think this is why everyone in Australia, around the world and the economy, why we've hit it so bad is because of how quick and how sudden it's hit. Um, you can see a lot of times, even when the GFC happened uh, all those years back, you could see it coming and it slowly came and it did this damage. and slowly dissipated and people still had time to adapt and change because it wasn't – these adaptation and changes weren't happening hour by hour or day by day. Uh, It was happening a week or a month at a time and slowly people adapted and changed, whereas every hour from last week this was happening was changing. Ridiculous, yeah. You had to keep watching out for the news of what the new regulations were, what businesses could or could not do. Um, And it just – everyone's resource and time and energy went into just monitoring the situation um, rather than trying to think about how to get out of the situation. Um, And the reality of this is, uh, and is a very sad reality, is a lot of people will not make it through the other end in terms of business owners. Um, Not for any fault of their own. It's just because, again, it's kind of like survival of the fittest. It is going to be very damaging. Not everyone's got, Money or resources backed up to be able to keep them afloat for six months, as they're predicting
0: at this stage. It's tough. Good example is uh, what I'm seeing right now in the fitness industry is um, what people finally starting to wake up. Personal trainers, gym owners, uh, starting to wake up and moving, you know, towards online training and you know delivering sessions through you know uh, video conferencing platforms like Zoom. But I feel like those that only now are about to implement it are already behind the wheel, like already sorry, already behind it. Because like we, we already implemented three weeks ago and we've been able to move, you know, a set a good amount of our members onto online and that, and that sort of creates some good stream of revenue for the, for the gym. But you go on Instagram and you see that everybody that I know, personal trainers I know in the industry, everybody's onto online stuff. And markets are going to be very saturated sooner or later. There's going to be so many options that if you're going to try and get onto it later, my marketplace has already been taken up Yeah, providers. Yeah.
1: That's going to be early. across the board in a lot of industries um, as well. And, yeah, you're right. And I guess this is where it comes down to how your business is, um, not just leading up to this whole COVID-19, but in general. Is your business a type of business that, is constantly changing and trying to involve and um, improve this products and services, or is it the business that is just stagnant and it sits there and waits for people to come to you? Cause there's mm. a lot of businesses like that. They sit there, people come to them, they're doing okay. They don't need to change. They don't need to adapt <laughs> systems and they're fine. And they're the ones that more than likely will be caught out when something like this happens because they're not used to peddling really quickly and coming up with drastic changes on the drop of a dime. Um, and you're right. Like for you guys, you implemented like two, three weeks ago. So you guys almost predicted something was going to happen. and started planning in the background uh, to get yourself ready to make sure your income stream didn't just cease overnight. Um, And I think the same thing of retail, same thing, hospitality, those that were smart enough were implementing systems behind the scenes leading up to this. uh, And even within the first week. And I think those businesses are the ones that will make it to the other end um, Mm. because it's in them. It's That's their business model. Part of their business model has always been adapting, changing, trying new things, and constantly pushing the boundary of what they can offer. Um, and so this will come quite naturally to them, although a bit more hurried, but it will come naturally to them, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's where we try to kind of position ourselves. Like We knew this was coming. We knew there was going to be damage, and we knew that there was going to be a lot of casualties from this. How do we ensure that... We're not a statistic and come out the other end. It doesn't have to come out better as long as we're in a position where we can open the doors back up, resume trade, and slowly build up our our customer base and our, and our trade again. That's all our goal has been pretty much.
0: Now, both me and my partner, you know, we like to go for break to your coffee shop. You know us. And yeah. the food that you have on the menu has always been, like, so impressive. Like, I haven't been... I haven't seen that many coffee shops that have quite, quite a large menu. You've got quite, you know, uh, as in comparison to uh, other coffee shops. You've got quite a lot of options and they're all awesome. Um, yeah, but we sure. were not really, really good. Like, I mean, and that's going from me. Like as I a cook by trade, literally like I, 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 when I order the food, when I look at it, I'm like, this is all like, this is quality. And, and the price is like on point. It's like, it's not too expensive the quality is awesome. But we were like just talking about um, just before this podcast, uh, we had lunch and um and Lucy, she was saying, what are we, what are we going to do? Like we should maybe go for, uh, you know, like some, some different, like we are getting bored, you know, like you're just cooking at home all the time now. And uh, how can you mix it up? And I had a thought, like, what if you did like a, like a drive-through kind of thing, you know, like you just stop by order, grab it by the, you know, open window in your car and then, There's your Gus's breakfast. Is that something that you're planning? Well, it's interesting. So um,
1: tomorrow, actually, uh, we've actually got a live right now, but tomorrow we start our online ordering. So uh, in this last few days or week, we've set up our online ordering platform through our website. So you jump on our website. We've also got like QR code um, and so forth. So you just jump on, you can order everything. You can time it for when you want to pick it up, 15 minutes or one hour, whatever, and it's ready for you. Uh, A really nice touchless system. Um, And then... Just after Easter, uh, we start our delivery service. Uh, so our staff as well as our delivery partners will be doing deliveries for, uh, for Gus's. Um, we have thought about the whole drive your car up next to, um, next to Gus's and we'll kind of run it out to you type of thing. I mean, the problem we've realised is the space next to Gus's is a police zone. So as uh, comes and you stop in there for one second, the police come straight away and they kick you straight out. Oh. So we're like, ah, oh, it's a, just a location-wise. If we're in the suburbs or something, had a bit of space. Uh, we thought, yeah, definitely be a good idea. Uh, people can just—you're <laughs> right. People are getting. You realize something in uh, in society. People don't like to be cooped up at home. People in Australia—they love being outdoors. They love going out, spending money, living their life, uh, enjoying whether it's cafe, bars, or restaurants. Uh, I think food is a big part of culture a big part of society it's not just food um i think a lot of people that's what they're they're missing at home sitting at home there's only so much tv you can watch there's only so many board games you can play or whatever it is um you need that stimulation going outside and doing something so i think hopefully when this is all over done and dusted people want to come out in droves people are going to be like you know what we're sick and tired of sitting at home for the last three months four months We just want to live our lives now because we don't know what else is going to come around the corner. Um, And I'm hoping that that is how people um, come out of this at the other end, to be honest.
0: So back to this. So hang on. So if I go and I want to have a break tomorrow, I'll just jump on the website, order my stuff and then drop by your coffee shop and pick it up or?
1: Exactly right. So you you go on your, on a website, you can order everything. All your options are there. So if you want to have like vegan or gluten-free, everything that you would normally be able to order sitting in our shop you can do it all on our uh, online um, ordering page
0: Mm
1: -hmm. put it through you pay for it everything's done you you, uh, allocate the time in which you want to pick it up then simply come at that time the food will be ready for you Um, and if you can't find parking or anything just give us a call when you're when you're heading in so i'll be there in five minutes i'm in this car we'll run it out to you and drop it off to you it's all done and dusted
0: that's awesome that is definitely good (laughs) And uh, how you, I mean, obviously you have to put some measures in place as well, right? I mean, with the whole, um, the virus stuff, right? So yep, what yep. are you doing at the moment around that? If, if at in-
1: the moment for the last, I guess, uh, two, two and a half weeks now, actually probably three weeks now, uh, <laughs> all our, obviously we've got our reg- government regulations, so it's only um, takeaway at the moment. So all our seats and everything have been locked away and removed. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you do have your spacing 1.5 meters between every person. So pretty much people are coming in, ordering, waiting outside. And then when they call the name, out, they'll come in and and pick it up. Uh, Apart from that, two um, ordering stations. We do have hand sanitizers there. We've got uh, paper towels, uh, antibacterials, uh, liquid hand soap for all our stuff. Uh, We've got antibacterial spray for all our our touch surfaces. So it includes iPads, FPOS machines, receipt printers, uh, blenders, coffee machines, anything that we're touching on a constant basis. So we hand sanitize like every half an hour at this stage. Uh, antibacterial wipes are used for pretty much all uh, all surfaces uh, every day throughout the day. Uh, it's not just done once a day. Uh, as mm-hmm. well as that, we've got, I guess, uh, all the antibacterial um, sanitizers as well. So anytime we're dealing with cash or uh, in contact with a customer's hands or a credit card or anything like that. Uh, our staff are always straight after using the hand sanitizers and it's available for staff as well. Um, also the cleaning. So the cleaning procedure, look, our cleaning procedure has always been very thorough. Um, we've always been very pedantic about that. Our pack down procedure didn't really have to amend all that much because it was already a bit over the top, to be honest, (laughs) Uh, um, which is, which happened to be a good thing. And you realize it is definitely a good thing. Um, I've seen
0: lots of dirty kitchens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so yeah, it just gave it this whole situation gave everyone a good reminder of why we've got the policies in place and how, why it's important. And I think uh, due to everything that's been going on and the way that the government have been uh, informing people of the, the dangers behind spreading of disease, I think individually most people have been pretty good about this and understand and have been taking their own measures. Uh, things like coughing or sneezing, sneezing have been doing it um, into like, their elbows, not their hands. I think I do see a lot less people touching their face these days, so I think these are just good measures that people should be probably taking on a on a general basis. Uh, anyway, like washing your hands, like you shouldn't be told to have to wash your hands, like you should be washing your hands anyway, really. Because
0: well, so I think I think it's a good po- uh, the good thing is that your kitchen is like it's at the back, so it's separated from from the like you know like imagine those coffee shops; they have that open space that probably be more tricky as well.
1: Yeah, that's know. right. It's, it's handy for us because our kitchen's located kind of down the hallway uh, and away. So it's treated like two separate zones. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of cross-contamination between kitchen. That's
0: on- the what, yeah, that's what I was looking for that. That's, yeah. Now, we're almost at the end of it. I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so I know it's probably, we we'll probably cover it. It's probably it is. But what is the hardest thing you've had to overcome in your business up until this point? if we exclude the current situation.
1: <laughs> to be honest, I was going to say, the hardest thing I <laughs> probably had to do was standing down 30 of my staff. Um, it, it's, it's not an easy conversation. It's not something that I can prepare for or bring it up. Um, because a lot of these guys that work for us, they've been with us for some time. Uh, this is their livelihood. This is what they bank on, what they rely on. Um, and we, we worked as a team, like hospitality, I don't care what people say, it's all about your staff. It's not about the business. Though. No one cares about me, the owner of the business. It's not about me. Um, the face of our business, who our business truly is, it's it's a reflection of our staff. Uh, and the team aspect of it is the most difficult part because when we're together, when we're working, it doesn't matter how busy it is, everyone has each other's backs. It's a fun environment. It's, Mm. You, and when you don't, you stop doing it, you actually miss it. You miss the the chaos, to be honest. Um, and I think having to stand down that many staff and having a conversation with them, some of them just had, just had a baby, for example, to tell them something like this during this kind of current times, um, it's hard. It's, it's very, very difficult. And it's difficult to even have to bring it up and, explain to them that i can't even guarantee you a role i can't even guarantee you two hours a week um i mean lucky enough they've been understanding about it um but i do worry about some of them i worry that how they're going to make ends meet how they're going to live or how they're going to survive because i know a lot of them don't have savings they live week by week um so look that is look that is a very difficult part uh it has been very difficult um, but apart from this, um, to be honest, I've never faced anything as hard as this. Um, mm. Setting up businesses, yes, it's stressful, but there's excitement, so it doesn't feel like work. Um, you have financial strain sometimes in your life, and the business is not going according to plan. You've got a lot of debt. Yes, it's it's hard, but there's a there's an end. You know it's going to end eventually. Uh, you know you're going to get through eventually. Whereas this what's going on at the moment. We have had to stand down staff. It's not a case of, oh, don't worry, give us three months and we'll hire you all back. Uh, this, yes. The community, the, the world we live in in three months or six months could be very, very different. Um, we could be in a place where business is nowhere near what it was and it may never will be for some time after that because I truly believe until there's a cure for this, society won't return back to normal. There'll always Mm. be some form of restrictions, whether it's border restrictions or whatever it may be. It can't return to normal because you'll always have the fear in the back of your head. You'll always worry Am I getting sick? Is this cold that I suddenly have? Is this COVID? Um, So I think that's also a very difficult part of it. It's
0: hard to project. Yeah. It's hard to project because it's happening right now everywhere. You look at New York right now as the new epicenter, right? Bloody new. We're
1: lucky we're in Australia and we're lucky we're in Canberra because I think so far we've done a pretty good job about it. Uh, We're lucky for our geographic position, how we locate it as an island. There's not a lot of people coming from borders um, all over the place. So we are probably one of the luckier ones so far. And I think society as a whole, to what I can see, have listened and and adhered to the the rules, because you can see the streets are dead. People generally are staying home and not going out and mingling and doing whatever they normally do. So. Uh, Mm. I think we'll we'll come out of this a lot better off than a lot of countries. Um, But that's not to say that there won't be damage. There will be, we'll come out of this, but it's how battered, bruised and burnt we come out of this is the question.
0: Yeah. Now, one final question for you. Any (coughs) advice you'd like to give to somebody uh, looking to start a business? Uh, there's a lot of advice, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> look, I'm not. Whatever, pick, pick, pick one, pick your gold nugget. I
1: guess my advice is, again, this is only what my opinion is. I know a lot of people may disagree, but.
0: They can take it, they can leave it. That's all there's,
1: good. There's a couple of core fundamentals or principles that if you're doing anything in your life, whether it's business or sports or um, fitness goals or whatever it may be, I think you need to have these regardless. Um I guess, Biggest thing you need is you need discipline, you need structure, and you need consistency. Hundred percent. If you do not have those three, you will. I truly believe you will not succeed in anything. Um, because each part of it, they're very simple, simple words, very simple things. Oh yeah, you're going to open a business, or you're going to do this. Yeah, I'll just work hard and I'll do it. But that's easier said than done. I don't. People don't realize someone's work ethic or hard work, people don't realize what it entails. People don't realize that it's not something you can do once a week. I'm just going to work really hard once a week. It's like fitness. You're not going to have your dream body or your dream fitness uh, goals by doing, I'm going to go hard out for one day and the next six days for the week, I'm going to take it easy. You rather just do half an hour consistently every single day and you're going to get far better results than you are just going all out for one day. And then having cheat meals six days a week, for example. Um, And I think the same thing for business. Like you need to be able to apply yourself consistently day in, day out, Um, keep pursuing that, keep at it. And you need to be disciplined about it. You need to have a structure around what you do. You can't, everything you do on the day can't just be just out of the blue. I feel like doing this, I feel like doing that. If you are a business that relies on a lot of advertising or social media or internet website, whatever then you need to be applying that and doing that on a daily basis. You need to be planning out the weeks coming ahead so you know exactly what your plan is and how you're moving forward and how you're evolving. Um, If you're a person that's an accountant and you're going to be doing payroll and accounts, people depend on that. If people rely on you doing your your payroll on a certain day so they get paid a certain day, you can't just randomly choose different days. You need to Mm -hmm. do it consistently. Um, And I think when individuals work for a work for a company or a business or an employer, you're told what to do. As a staff member, as an employee, you're told what to do and these are your job descriptions. Just get it done. I think human nature, just like when people are in school, human nature loves routine. Routine gives us that structure. Is why, I guess, the military or the Navy works or why school is so important because it teaches you routine and routine ultimately gives you discipline because you're told what to do, you're told how to do it. If you can take that and apply it to yourself without anyone telling you to do it, I think half the battle of succeeding in anything you do is already done. Mm. But it's a very difficult thing to motivate yourself, to be disciplined, to keep doing what you need to do and to do it consistently day in, day out. It may take you three years of consistency to do it. It's not, there's no time limit set on it. It's not like I'll be consistent for one month and I'm going to be successful. If you're going to open up a business, if you're going to try something and follow your passion, follow your dreams, you know what, go for it. Don't let that fear keep you back. But understand there's a sacrifice that comes with it. It's not going to come easily to you. Uh, I mean, you might be lucky. You might be like a Mark Zuckerberg and have a rant and open up a billion-dollar Facebook company. But that's very rare and very seldom. Um,
0: but I think even him, I mean, he, he he started with something very unique, but that doesn't mean he, had to, he didn't have to I guess, be disciplined every day, right? Because yeah. with with growth of big companies like that, that's that's got its own yeah. problems. I, I guess for him that's... to
1: take it to where it initially was to to a company that the whole world knows takes a lot of discipline, takes a lot mm. of consistency. Um, I think that's the biggest thing I think I can let people know is you need to apply yourself. No one's going to do it for you, especially when you're your own boss and you're you your path, forging your own path. You need <laughs> to apply it yourself. You need to do it day in, day out. And... It's going to be tough. There's going to be days that you want to get up and not do it. You don't want. You want to put it off for the next day, but it needs to be done. Look, you're going to wake up just like the sun's going to rise and sun's going to shine. You need to do those tasks for that day. If that is your routine, that is your plan. You need to consistently do it. And if you can't do it, if you commit. If you, something you cannot commit to, then don't pursue it because it is going to bite
0: you. Mm. And and obviously. It helps when having a team around you when, when you can start delegating certain tasks, like you said, you can't be good at everything, right?
1: Yeah, again, it comes back to your team. In any business, any industry, you need a team. Um, you're foolish to think that, oh, I'm the lone master. I, I can do everything and I can be successful and grow multiple business on my own and I've done mm-hmm. it on my own and no one else. That's just naive thinking. Like, the yeah. way you become successful is by having the right people around you. Maybe your skill is you you have the ability to choose the right people around you, in order to get the overall task done. Uh, but without a team, it's like yeah, it's it's pointless. You can't be so not foolish to think that I can do it all myself. You can, but you can only have a scale of this much. If you want to take to another scale, another level, you need you need manpower. You need resources around you to do it. Um, and you're not going to be good at everything. You, you again, you're foolish to think if you're good at everything you do.
0: Um, then you have a team and then suddenly that's that's a whole that's a whole new problem now you got to lead people you got to work yeah. work with people and and motivate them and and that's not for everybody again that's some that's a skill set on its own right
1: yeah 100 that's uh, that that's the hardest skill set to be honest <laughs> very very hard like ultimately like we have managers i always tell our managers our manager your role as a manager isn't Necessarily to um, get the task done and make sure the coffee is made to a certain degree. Managing means managing people. I don't care what industry it is. People can be your biggest asset and they can be your biggest liability. Um, People is what makes or breaks your business. People is what the business is reflected off. You got the wrong people there, you can destroy your business. You got the right people there, you can expand your business heavily. And As much as people say, oh, this is just business, this is just personal.
0: It's very hard to separate that.
1: Business is personal because even if you invest in a company or you're buying shares in a company, a lot of times you're investing in people. Like someone's buying an Amazon shares or back in the day, people buying Apple shares. Most of the time, they're investing in Steve Jobs. They didn't care what the brand was called. Amazon is Jeff Bezos. Like A lot of people admire what he does they like his skill set they like his mindset uh, so wherever he moves to <laughs> he moves to from Amazon he goes to Microsoft I guarantee you people are going to follow him as well mm. because it's him as a person that is the strength it's not a business is developed by people it's not made on its own um, so for was you that know, in a
0: movie with Steve Jobs who was saying you know I'm not I don't have to be good at none of it I just have to be good at running the orchestra
1: yeah exactly right That's all it is. If you can manage people and you get the the best out of your team, get maximum 100% out of your team, man, you're going to be a lot better off company. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, Mm. I think you have to set your own pride aside. There's too many people out there in business that think that I'm a business owner. I know what I'm- Too much ego. Yeah. And even if you have staff, listen to your staff. If your staff has only been here for six months, not to say you can't learn something off them. Mm. Because- I, once upon a time, was that member who was working somewhere for six months. And one of the reasons why I decided to follow my own path is because I felt like my bosses wouldn't listen to me because they thought I didn't know better. Yeah. Um, so if I replicate the same behavior to my staff, what have I really learned in the last 15, 20 years? Nothing.
0: i like to refer to this one book um, called e by Michael Gerber. Um, it's basically, have you heard of it?
1: No, I haven't actually.
0: So it's basically in business, you need to have three different types of people and all those or three different roles and all those roles have to be uh, taken up by different people. Um, you need to have the technician that's somebody that's doing the actual work, doing the actual manual work or, or whatever that is. You need to have a manager that's leading those technicians and then you need to have the entrepreneur and that's basically the business owner. That's, that's somebody that had a vision, the idea and, and, and pursuing that idea. And basically the book is about a story of a young girl that, um, her grandma was, you know, baking, I think pastries or something like that. And the, those pastries were like really awesome. She loved those pastries. And then she always said, when she grows up, she's going to make those pastries and you know, she wants to be like a grandma. So when she grow up, she, she, you know, started making these pastries and, you know, people started buying them because they were really good. And then she, you know, she, she, she kept, you know, extending herself to a when she couldn't make any more pastries. And then instead of, um, you know, teaching somebody else to make those pastries, she, um, she hired a manager to be above her running, running the business so that she can make more pastries. And so what this burger station is, that's, you know, that's, that's another good, um, you know, you need to, you need to be ready to step away from that role and get to the next step. You know, if you're really good with something good, teach somebody else um, and make them be even better than you. And then you go to the next step where you can lead them and the whole team. And then again, then from that point, you hire a manager who can do that for you. And then you can pursue that vision, be that visionary and keep expanding that, you know, a portfolio of cookies, basically. Yeah,
1: someone. that's one hundred percent. It's um, I guess the, it's the business model, or the structure of the business, which is its foundation. Um, yeah, you can like a perfect example, like okay, you can be a very skilled technician and make cookies and everything like that. But if you're not willing to a teach that and delegate that down to other people that can not only produce what you're producing but produce it at a larger scale, well, your business will have its it's ceiling that you'll cap and that that's it. That's all you that's can do. Um, which for some people is fine. They all they want to do is hit that ceiling and they're happy with that. But majority of people want to see where how far they can make the business grow. How much further can they do it? Is it multiple locations or a, a warehouse or wholesaling, whatever it may be? But in order to do that, you need, yeah, you're right, you need to be able to delegate the task down. You need to be able to oversee it as a whole and have the right people employed in the right positions, making sure that vision of yours is carried on and continued. Um, and I think that's what the entrepreneur really does. It's, mm. It doesn't have to be the smartest person in the room, but they just have to see the bigger picture. They have to that's see the, the whole painting from uh, from a step back and just be able to control every little part of it and make sure they've got the right people to maximize each part of that, that chain, I guess. Uh, and that's how... Businesses grow. It doesn't matter if it's a small coffee shop or whether it's a, an empire like Apple. The fundamental structures always stay the same. They just get expanded out more or less. Uh, but if you can't get it right in the small scale, you'll never get it right in the big scale.
0: So many people buying themselves jobs. They yeah. buy a business. They think they've got a business, but they end up just working them day and night, and it's terrible to see. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, yeah, everyone wants to go in business because they all want one thing, financial freedom. They think that they're going to get financial freedom, but they don't realise the gains that you can get from having your own business and being financially free. There's a lot of sacrifice that's going to take from you. Uh, I think that's one thing a lot of people don't realise is life's a balance. It's about give and take. You can't think you can just keep taking, 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 and nothing's going to be taken back from you. if you don't give back, life will take back. Um, It's quite as simple as that. Um, So Mm. never get too big for your boots. or Stay (laughs) cool. Always have that passion and that drive. Um, But the main thing is, yeah, never never think that it's not going to come crumbling down one day. Um, You need to take um, responsibility for what you're doing. Do it to the best that you possibly can. Um, And if you don't, then... Life's gonna test you out. They're gonna realize like there's a lot of sacrifice that come with this. Like every day, there's a test on relationships. There's test on your health. There's test on your mindset. Um, things get harder. Society's getting harder and harder. Um, so in the overall, like there's gonna be a lot of sacrifice. And I think a lot of people that I talk to, they said the same thing that I didn't realize this was gonna happen. Um, and one of the biggest ones I've realized is alienation from your said set of friends. Uh, because, you know, I guess it's my theory, but everyone wishes you well, but as long as you don't do better than them.
0: Oh, you mean like that tall poppy syndrome? That's yeah. in Australia. So it's,
1: that's the hard thing. You're going to, the more you want to achieve, the, the more you want to grow for your own personal reasons, that's fine to do, but you're going to find, you, you're going to alienate yourself from a lot of people uh, because... Mm. You chasing your dream is a very selfless act. Um, people will see it as very selfish, but doing what you want to do and becoming a better version of yourself. A lot of people will will fight that. A lot of people won't accept that um, mm. because it starts to give them a reflection of who they are as
0: well, of their own insecurities. I think this goes back to what you said at the beginning, like all those you know physiological things that you know we we are programmed with, like the, um, like think that we are a hurt species. So if majority is doing a certain thing and then one individual is standing out, that's something that's different. It's something that makes people question it. Um, So I think it's ingrained in a lot of people as well.
1: Yeah, unfortunately it is. But um, again, if you have to surround yourself, you need to always surround yourself with the right people. Uh, It may be you've hanged around the same (laughs) people for a long time, but if they can't accept the changes that you're going through and where you want to be and where you want to be as a person, then you may need to change that circle, which you know, some people are okay with it. Some people aren't okay with it. Uh, yeah, that's
0: a good point. Yeah, I mean, you got to be prepared that maybe you, you, your circles of friends will change eventually, like over the yeah. course of you building the business. I think it's uh, always, uh, yeah, Surround
1: yeah. yourself with like-minded people, people that lift you up, not hold you back.
0: Yeah, people that can support you, mentor you. And, and ideally some within that circle, even ideally somebody that's already been through the trenches as well. Yeah. Now, on that note, I'd also like to say that you know it is okay not to not to have to try and build a business because you might as well just be comfortable with being employed. There's nothing wrong with that,
1: well, no, right? Nothing at all. Like I say, business is not for everyone, it's not the right way or the wrong way. Uh, it's just a choice, and we're lucky enough where we can choose what we want to do. We don't have to mm. work, even, to be honest. Um, but I mean. There are certain positions out there that you need to work for people and that's perfectly fine. Like if I was in one of those positions, I'll do it to the best of my ability. And you you can respect that you've got structure that, I mean, I have a lot of friends that work for uh, big uh, corporate financial services uh, and they love the structure. They love how the big companies work, that they're looked after, they're protected mm. uh, and they're heard, they're listened to. Um, and to some people, that just suits their personality. But again, it comes back to, you have to know what you want. Uh, Once you know who you are and what you want, you can decide what is best for you, whether it's a business, whether it's um, working underneath someone, whether it's not working, uh, whether it's just doing uh, volunteer work, whatever it may be, there's no wrong or right answer. Uh, And not everyone's dream is to be financially free or have a lot of money. That's not the measure of success for a lot of people either. Um, So again, it just depends on what your goal is. Um, But yeah, you just have to uh, have your own vision and, do whatever you need to do to make that come true.
0: Mm. And those those who are listening, you know, there's also uh, a thing about, um, like, if you're you're very creative, if you're always, you know, um, analyzing, you know, how things are done and always seeing how things could be run better, that's typically, you know, like set for an entrepreneur and the reason why they've started on their own because they've seen how it could be done better, but nobody listened to them. But you could also be the other, you could be the entrepreneur, with the eye at the, at the beginning, and that means that's somebody that's still being employed, but has those, um, has that freedom within within the corp, an organization, and and that can still fulfill those needs without having to run your own business.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's a. Uh, it's actually very uh, a segment in um, I think society starting to see a lot of big companies take note of. Um, you're seeing them. They've got a lot of people coming up to the ranks, a lot of skillful people that they're poaching out of Strathmore University and so forth that they feel like they're going to bring ideas and uh, concepts that they may not have thought about Uh, Mm -hmm. and they kind of coach them and bring them up through the ranks and kind of fast track them. So yeah, that's definitely, it's a good way. Like it's, it's different to the old school mentality where I'm the senior. I've been here for 50 years. You're just a junior person. You don't know better than me. Uh, Whereas now you're getting companies that are the top leaders are coming to people juniors and straight out of university and saying, how do you see this business improving? What would you do differently? Where do you think our weaknesses are? Uh, and So I think moving forward, that's a really good uh, initiative and good step forward, to be honest.
0: There's a power in that, right? Because if you're somebody who's been in, in the business in that top position for 40 years, you've got set of preconceived ideas, set of, you know, you're set in stone and you get somebody younger, junior, that's got that flexible mind, hasn't really been set in stone by years. It's a great example how you can nurture that creativity and find that creativity and, and a new um, new way of, you know, solution, new solutions uh, by, you know, lateral thinking.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like if you look at, um, you need to have different ways to think in order for you to grow as a business uh, and not stay stagnant. Like a good example, if you look at Apple, they created the whole iPod and iTunes, right? Now, a computer company or traditionally seen as a computer company invented and pretty much annihilated the market with a music product. However, the music industry did not come up with that when they should have come up with that. Mm. Um, So obviously someone within Apple had a vision that was very different to what a normal computer company would have done. Um, And it's moments like that can change your industry, can change your business altogether and and springboard you to levels that you couldn't have under the the traditional um, style of operating your business.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else I should have asked that I didn't?
1: No, I think you covered a lot of things. You made me actually um, (laughs) think about a lot of things that you mentioned. That made me actually think about you know what? Actually, uh, a lot of this stuff I've known, but hearing it and talking about discussing with you makes you realize you know what? It's yeah, some of these things uh, I I talk about are still very basic notions. Uh, It is, yeah.
0: There's
1: nothing extraordinary. There's no like one magic thing that I've done that's been different to anyone else. Everyone has the ability to do. What everyone else does is just, yeah. To be honest, it's just the basics seems to be the repetition that it works for most people. It's just going back to basics and doing the small things right and doing it over and over and consistently. And yeah, just kind of adapting with the times. I think you need don't just sit there. Like, be proactive in your business. Always try something. And yeah, I That's think it. having this conversation you made me realise, hey, you know what just there's a lot more proactivity that uh, can be done, and we do that we don't actually realise.
0: You got to reflect from time to time. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for your time, Fish. And how can people find you? Well, I guess uh, I'm always all...
1: around. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, obviously, look, we are still um, open both businesses. So uh, Gus is on uh, Bunda Street in the city and the hospitality <laughs> shop is on Gent Street, which is just pretty much hundred meters up the road from uh, Gus's. So look, we're open. Uh, we're still opening for as long as we possibly can. Uh, we aim to see the other end of this one one day. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm always around. So, um, drop by if you need any help for anything, just want to get a coffee, just have a chat. I'm always around. So, yeah, feel free to drop by um, and just, yeah, make sure you follow all the
0: self-isolation rules and all that stuff. And for anybody else, like listening from around the world, not being in Canberra and want to, you know, get in touch with you or, um, you know, looking for some mentoring or some tips about, you know, starting the coffee shops. Do you, do you offer yeah, anything yeah. like that? Do you have any like a look, public I, I, profile on socials?
1: Well, look, I'm a very private person. I'm very old school. So I don't do a lot of that, uh, social media stuff. I do it for business, but yeah, my personal life very personal. That's my, my balance, I guess. Uh, it's important so, to have that. Yeah. Um, I understand like I've got my life and I've got my, um, my work um, and I like to make sure there's a differentiation. I don't try to blend it too much. So yeah, I do, I do have social media profiles, uh, but best way to contact me, if you need any, any questions, any advice, whether it's starting up or whatever. Um, yeah. Either call um, you can jump on our website for gussesplace.com.au or the hospitality shop.com.au and all our contact details are there and email and phone numbers. So yeah, you can touch base that way.
0: Excellent. So especially the hospitality.com.au would be a really good point of contact for somebody looking to start a coffee shop or any hospitality business.
1: Yeah, look, we've done a lot of fit out. Like I said, we've been here almost 10 years. I've helped a lot of businesses, small and bigger ones in Canberra and Sydney, uh, open up from from fit out to help with design for advice, um, just across the board. Uh, And because I've been involved in a lot of places and uh, worked in a lot of places, I I do understand what the needs of the business owner is. Uh, I think that's very important. Mm. Uh, they can actually relate to them and understand what their requirements are so like I say if it's something I can help with uh, it doesn't even need to be you buying something if it's just advice I can give to you that you may not have thought about or something that I've come across and yeah I'm happy to share it I'm always learning off people and if I can say something to someone that they learn off and it it affects them positively then I mean that's a good thing I think
0: excellent I forgot to ask you one question I always like to ask this one question everybody um how do you keep fit
1: um (laughs) Yeah, pretty much like um, I've always done all my life from since I was in uh, pretty much primary school, I've been a massive uh, sports fan. I like playing any kind of sports, doesn't matter what it is. I like staying fit. Um, Since year 12, I've always been to the gym. Um, I've always trained any excuse to play anything. I'll pick up a soccer ball, tennis racket, boxing, anything except swimming because I can't swim. Uh, but anything apart from that, um, I've always been a fan of. So till this day, I think um, training is always very important. Like, it's just that, again, it comes down to that balance and I try to fit it in. I'm not always as disciplined as I should be, but as of lately, I've been a, a lot more focused on it and I've realized the benefits that it brings to me uh, as a whole. Uh, and to be honest, like I've been doing what, F45 for about a year and a bit now. Um, that suits me really well. Um, It's the way it's laid out, the way it's planned. Um, It's versatility. My muscles still get sore week in, week out. And anytime I went to the gym, doesn't matter how hard I went. After the first two, three weeks, I would barely get sore anymore. Mm. I like the fact that it challenges me. Uh, It keeps me guessing, keeps my muscles and my body guessing. Um, And it fits into my time schedule really, really well. And it's just fun. It's different. Um, I hate cardio, but I've learned to love cardio with F45. Um, so that's something I thought I never would do, but yeah, I'm just Hopefully once this all returns back to normal and go back to class and it's going to be returning back Uh, I was doing four or five classes a week and um, yeah, just Yeah, I just really got in a good zone with a good place and just want to continue that So I just itching to get back to that
0: Awesome. I mean the good thing about it is you don't have to you don't have to think about what you're going to do What's your programming right? Especially for somebody like you being so busy running your businesses You just want to rock up do a workout and Go back, yeah, you know to your... I, I think I appreciate Like most of the time in my business, I'm telling people what to do. Uh, I actually like being told what to do with this thing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, to finish off, one last question anything you'd like to offer to our listeners or Canberrans? I know we've we'll sort of touched base on that. Um, anything, maybe, offer? maybe the
1: well, if you come down to Gus's, whatever you we know, can do, um, look, we're doing 20% off uh, all takeaway food. Um, Mention uh, that you're listening to this podcast or you know VIT or even a member of F45. I'll give you pretty much 25% of all food and coffee. Uh, just come help support us, uh, keep us going. Uh, that's all we're trying to do. We just, whatever money we do get right now, just going to our staff, a few staff that I just happen to work. Uh, so it's not about turning a profit. or This is not about business right now. It's just about keeping them alive and giving them a livelihood and not just. Um, queuing up a lot of people have been at send and so forth so we managed to keep about six or seven staff uh, on board right now just basic duties and just helping takeaways. so any support you guys come through through um yeah you'll be helping them out and um yeah i'm sure they'll be appreciative as much as i am
0: awesome that's uh, that's very generous offer i'll i'll be sure to put it in the show notes as well and with that thank you for your time Thank you for listening to the end. I hope you liked this first episode and got some value out of it. These episodes will go out weekly, but since you're already here, I decided to kick things off with three episodes right from the start so you don't have to wait. In the next episode, I talk to Nick Byron, specialist in the application of improvisational techniques, and we talk about the art of effective communication and how to thrive in any situation. To get notified about these upcoming episodes, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Have a great rest of your day and stay inspired, everyone.